The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. Michal, moving on, which of course is the top news story this morning. It's a cabinet reshuffle. We're going to be heading down to the Dáil later on and to join us before he heads down to the Dáil. It is of course Sean Defoe, News Talk's political correspondent. Sean, good morning. Morning, Tommy. I, as much as I love Anton, I was delighted when I heard you were on because like, if anyone can analyse how nervous ministers are feeling about potentially being dropped from a team of 15, there is Tommy Bow. <laughs> well, do you know what? I always found that it was harder to get into the team than to get out of it. <laughs> right. So once you're in the team, you'll never get dropped and it looks like it's going that way with the doll as well. Uh, it does, yeah. It very much looks that way that the team of 15 who are in there are all going to stay. And you know yourself, kind of to keep the rugby analogy going almost, you need someone nearly on the bench who is always lighting a fire under someone else and pushing somebody else on. And the junior ministers haven't really been doing yeah. that. There's a lot of them that have been sort of quietly competent have been doing an okay job, but there's not one the way there was Helen McEntee in the last stall who was yeah. the junior minister and really made it her own and forced her way into the cabinet table. So we know a few changes that are definitely going to happen. Obviously, Leo Varadkar and Micheál Martin are going to swap and we'll talk about what job Micheál might want in a second. Yeah. Uh, you've got uh, the finance minister and public expenditure jobs. They are swapping between Pascal Donoghue and Michael McGrath. Michael McGrath becoming finance, Pascal Donoghue, public expenditure. And after that, it looks as though there's actually going to be very, very little change. So you will have uh, people like Stephen Donnelly. There was a lot of question marks in Fianna fall about whether he would be dropped as a lot of people in the party don't see him as a true proper Fianna Faller and say oh he's only done an okay job maybe you move him around um, but he seems to, to stay on with I think the thinking being what's the point in appointing a new health minister with about 18 months left to go in this government by the time they've read themselves into the brief and, and, and you know get themselves on top of it they're not going to have any time to really do much change I, I, I read though during the week that backbenchers were, there was talk of a revolt if the, Stephen stays in this job I mean it's a it's a poison chalice, really. The Irish medical health, system, yeah. health system as well. But really, is he the man? Like as you just say, he's kind of he's Mihal's man, really, isn't he? He well, Mihal very much brought him in, brought him into the party from the the ranks of the independents after he was in the Social Democrats and promoted him ahead of a lot of other people, which did create a lot of soreness in Fianna Fáil. There are a lot of backbenchers who would wouldn't really care if Stephen Donnelly was gone because they don't see him as really part of the, of the party uh, and that was why Stephen Donnelly was maybe viewed as an easy target because there wouldn't be this internal backlash from Fianna Fáil. Now, Micheál Martin has never done business based on what he thinks the backbench is going to do. That's okay. just not the way he operates. If he did, he wouldn't have appointed Donnelly in the first place. He wouldn't have appointed Norma Foley as a first-time TD. Right. wouldn't have made a lot of the decisions. He very much operates as, here is my best team. Here, you know, They're the people I think is best. So I don't think a little bit of backbench unhappy about Stephen Donnelly is going to keep him there and actually talking to some of those backbenchers in Fianna Fáil maybe the more pragmatic ones they're saying the same thing they're like who's going to do a better job in the space of two years health is so big that there's not some star who's going to come in and fix it That's really interesting so Michal Martin's happy to make the tough decisions really yeah. and maybe upset some people by bringing together his strongest team do you think Leo Varadkar is strong enough to have those difficult decisions as well. Yeah, it's an interesting conversation. And Leo, or Michal Martin, rather, has, has sort of very consistently done that in different policies. If you look at the repeal the eighth vote when he came out in favour of repealing when a lot of his party uh, didn't at the time. Uh, if you look at some of the other decisions like extending confidence and supply back in 2018 without really consulting any of the rest of the party, they weren't popular, but they got him to a place he needed to go and he sort of got through the criticism. Leo Varadkar is a bit more of an interesting case and him taking over today, his second term as Taoiseach is very 
very different to the first one because when he came in the first time he had all the goodies to give away he yeah. had all the jobs in the coalition or in the um, confidence and supply arrangement that he had I think 30 something posts and a couple handed out to independents this time very very limited six junior ministers six senior ministers so if he does decide to go calling people he is going to upset uh, there is going to be some upset in Fianna Fáil one for example is over the chief whip role at the minute Brendan Griffin has been the deputy whip for Fine Gael for the last two and a half years he very much expects to get that job but then you have Hildegard Nocton who is what's called a super junior minister she's a junior minister who attends cabinet and it's speculated that she might get the whip role because otherwise you are demoting the only female minister from Connacht yeah. out of the cabinet tables these are sort of the like inter political decisions that he's going to be facing and Varadkar has made tough decisions in the past dropping some of his loyalists um, you know the likes of say John Paul Phelan who didn't get a junior ministry who would have supported him a lot the likes of Owen Murphy seeing him eventually go out of the of the party altogether so it, it's a difficult one but I expect there will be more changes on the Fine Gael side than Fianna Fáil OK well let's talk about you know the changes we're going to find out in the next couple of days what's really going to happen looking back on the two years where Micheál Mar- Martin has been in power I mean, it's been dominated by COVID Mm. into a cost-living crisis. Of course, Ukraine as well. But funny enough, he seems to have come out of it on the right side of things. He's consistently in almost every poll for the last year the most popular political party leader. More popular than Marilyn McDonnell, more popular than Leo Varadkar, usually in around the sort of 45, 46, 47% in, in all of these polls, uh, which is is not something you would suspect. It sort of runs counterintuitive to that general social media narrative yeah. that this government is terrible and that everything is going badly. He has been a Taoiseach of crisis, as you say. It's just been one thing after another. And I'd say there's a lot of stuff he would have liked to get done over the last two years that he just couldn't because because yeah. he spent the first, what, 18 months of the term, at least in the depths of COVID, and then straight into a war and a cost of living crisis that took all of the uh, all of the the attention away. But he's coming out of this in a very strong position. A lot of people thought by now there would have been a challenge against his leadership or that straight after the reshuffle there would be a challenge against his leadership. That hasn't materialised. Maybe it will over the next two years. But I think Micheál Martin, particularly Micheál Martin, who grew up in the Charlie Hawhey, Bertie Ahern yeah. era of Fianna Fáil, I don't think he's looking at the likes of Michael McGrath and Dara O'Brien and Jim O'Callaghan and saying, I couldn't take them on and keep the leadership of this party. Well, do you think so? Because, you know, watching the Football World Cup recently, what's going on with Man United, Ronaldo, Mm. top of the game, Going out, go out on a high, Ronaldo. Don't do what's happening at the minute where you're not getting picked for your team, you're not getting picked for your country. I... Do you think there's any chance Micheál Martin might step away on a high? Well, there's always that there's that saying that all political careers end in failure because eventually they, they do that. They hang on too long, because like it, a Ronaldo. Potentially he might go into this foreign affairs role mm. where he'll be out of the country a lot. It'll be hard to be a leader of the Fianna Fáil side. Yeah. So it opens up the possibility of someone coming in and taking his place. There's a re- like he has a lot of difficulties, and you know we saw that with Eamon Gilmore in the past, where he became foreign affairs minister, was out of the country a load, and then Joan Burton eventually supplanted him and got the party on on her side. I think Micheál Martin is quite pol- a bit more politically astute than Eamon Gilmore would probably be able to to sort of mount, mount a rearguard action if he wanted. But his future has a big question mark around it. There's a lot of speculation in Fianna Fáil that what Micheál Martin wants is a job in Europe. Eventually, mm-hmm. that's why he's going for the foreign affairs role because he does. I'm I'm just back from Brussels with him over the last few days where he was at his last European Council he loves the world stage he loves meeting those ministers and leaders from other countries it sounds like they love him too they, they really do have a lot of time for him Like he is very well regarded and so there's questions would he maybe go for the European Commissioner role in 2024 which should be in Fianna Fáil's gift and then goes off to Europe and that creates a national vacancy ahead of the next general election whenever that is but if he does decide to hang on, I'm sure there will be a challenge of some sort. It's whether or not he can survive it. And he does have a lot of support within the party. At the same time, 
over the last few years there's a feeling particularly on the back benches and some at grassroots that he has let Fianna Fáil go to rot a small bit in favour of pay, oh, really? making all of his attention on the country so if he does if his long term ambition is to stay as leader there's a lot of work needs to be done there as well OK listen you are going to be heading to the doll later on we're going to catch up with you as well down there but Leo Varadkar I saw him at Alan Hughes's panto last night actually <laughs> so he looked pretty relaxed at right. that one uh, it's his second chance as Taoiseach 43 years of age do you think we'll see a different leader this time around? I think so like he was he was very young taking on the job last time obviously and as I said had a lot of goodies to give away very different time for the public and in some issues he did a very good job on the likes of Brexit for example going over and hashing out that deal with Boris Johnson and really kicking things forward and again liking the international stage there were other areas like housing obviously and health where the government didn't make any progress there have been huge amount of questions about his personal judgement over the last two years not least recently with that video that yeah. emerged online at the same time and I think Adam Higgins on Ireland AM mentioned this point during the week he's learned a lot from Micheál Martin he didn't really have that sort of mentor role of an older statesman who has been around the block and is a political survivor he has learned a bit from that it's going to be a very tricky few years for him there's probably going to be something of an economic downturn he's going to this coalition will be tested by the elections to come as well they haven't had to fight any elections and so be at each other's throats in the meantime uh, and he has to try and hold that all together against the rising tide of Sinn Féin so huge amount of challenges for Leo Varadkar but I think he knows more than he did uh, and he, he's very much going to try to rise to it whether he actually does uh, we'll have to wait and see I suppose. Yeah it's a tough old time to go into government as well but I think Leo Varadkar as you say being a senior member having somebody to learn off uh, like he has with Micheál Martin and it seems to have worked over the last couple of years as and, well. And for someone as well just uh, who is only 43 he has been at a cabinet table for 12 years. You know yeah. like he is a, 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 they've added sort of 4 or 5 years to that because of this arrangement now but he has been around the block for someone his age he has a huge amount of political experience and it will just be interesting to see if he does things a little bit differently this time around having learned from the knocks of the past. So quickly can you just give us a run through of what's your plan now? What happens? So right now we are at a quarter past past nine just about Micheál Martin is due in the oars on Uchtdorn about half past nine to hand in his resignation to, to Mike President Michael D Higgins so that will happen he will officially resign as Taoiseach then the Dáil is sitting at half past ten when he will inform the Dáil that he has resigned he's no longer Taoiseach and uh, there will be a vote to elect Leo Varadkar there, we, there was some speculation other people might put their name forward as they have in the past with Mary Lou MacDonald saying she's not going to do that so it should actually hopefully be relatively quickly there'll be speeches and all that sort of stuff and then the vote to uh, elect Leo Varadkar he has to go to oars on Uchtdorn then to inform <laughs> the president keep him in the loop of course uh, and we'll come back and start forming his cabinet and that's when we'll know who's in who's out is there going to be any sort of changes well, we're going to be able to catch up with you as the day goes on and it's all kicking off down at the doll today it is like the football world cup when it comes to Irish politics at least that's what Sean Defoe has told me he's down there in the doll at the minute good morning to you Sean I gather uh, Micheál Martin has handed in his resignation and is speaking at the moment what have we missed yeah, that's right. So literally in the last two minutes, Neil Martin has confirmed that he has uh, confirmed to the door that he's resigned. He went to visit President Michael E. Higgins this morning around about half nine, spent about a half an hour there, uh, submitted his resignation. And at the minute, uh, he's giving a bit of a speech to the door uh, on sort of his time and, uh, and the different successes and and I suppose comments on uh, his time at Taoiseach his last two and a half years, he did start off the proceedings of the day with a fairly lengthy tribute to Private Sean Rooney, obviously, who died in the Lebanon. Um, and interesting that he, he chose, I suppose, to use his own resignation speech to, to highlight that and pay solidarity to the family. It's something he's been quite emotional about over the last couple of days. And Taoiseach visited Lebanon back in May, would have met many of the troops there, and uh, kind of has uh, quite a high respect for 
our peacekeepers abroad. So that's how he started off his speech and he's currently addressing the door and then up afterwards you're, you're going to hear proposers and seconders for, for Leo Varadkar, for Taoiseach, the tradition always being usually that it is the youngest person in any political party. So this time it's going to be Emer Higgins with Vincent Miguel who will nominate him and then Richard Bruton, the chairman of the party, who will give a speech seconding him. Okay, well we had Jennifer, or Louise O'Reilly from Sinn Féin there just saying basically the next couple hours is just going to be a, a load of claptrap sla- you know, slapping each other on the back telling each other what a great job they're doing is there anything negative coming out of this or is it all just a, a, a state of routine and looking forward to the future well, it's all going to be very political, as the teacher commented and noted at the start of his speech. And I'm sure Sinn Féin will be the same when Mary went on to her chance to speak. Uh, to speak. She'll excoriate the government and the failure, particularly on housing. Housing is no doubt going to be a big focus today because it is going to be the big issue of not just this government in the last two and a half years, but the government for the next two years to come as well. There will be a bit of backstabbing, a small bit of a rancor or unhappiness among some people I've been speaking to around here. It's sort of interesting wandering the halls of Leinster House for the, the last two hours and chatting to people ahead of the reshuffle and such around to one fairly prominent uh, Fianna Fáil TD and I said to him, oh, you know, exciting day or whatever. He said, oh yeah, exciting. I get to vote for a Finnegale T-shirt for the first time in a hundred years. Can't wait for that. You know, so a little bit of sarcasm sort of mixed in. And then around here as well, it's the it's the nervousness among all the ministers and the junior ministers who are sort of asking everybody again if they've heard any sort of a word about whether they're going to be kept on in their roles because neither Michal Martin nor the Overreiter has spoken to any of their ministers yet. None of them, even at the senior ranks, have had any sort of assurance and, and wondering. I speak to one minister who said that they, they couldn't even get the Taoiseach to, to make eye contact with them over the past week, let alone tell them what their future is going to be. So a few nerves among the ministerial benches and a small bit of rancor in some of the Fianna Fáil, but they're still going to, to vote with the government as much as they might have to hold their nose to do it. OK, because I know what this is like from a rugby circle whenever, you know, you haven't had a great game and you want to avoid mm. the coach at all uh, possibilities until you hopefully get the good Good news that you're going to be selected again. But realistically, though, Sean, there's no changes out of the ordinary we're going to be expecting. What what do you see really happening? Like, from, from a young, ambitious politician who's part of the party, who's hoping to try and rise through the ranks, will there be frustration by some of the younger junior ministers? There's going to be a little bit of frustration, obviously, but there's also kind of a bit of pragmatism and understanding that there just isn't the good news to give out. You know, they only have 16 uh, cabinet positions. And six junior positions, there's some talk that there might be new junior ministerial roles created, that there might be, for example, a new junior minister given charge of the immigration breach to help Roger Gorman out, given the crisis we are now dealing with with more than 50,000 Ukrainians in the country and I think around 18,000 other people in international protection from elsewhere in the world, that maybe there's a need to bolster up that department and that could see somebody up promoted. I think in Fine Gael is where you're seeing the most of those those kind of characters, the young, ambitious ones, the likes of, say, Jennifer Carroll McNeil, Neil Richmond, who are hoping that maybe... Um, um, you know, someone will be dropped from the junior ministerial ranks and those can be bumped up. But a lot of those who are already in their jobs, same as you know yourself, when you're in the team, you're trying to keep your place in the team and you don't really care who is young and ambitious and has a, a great future within the party. You just want to keep them out. So yeah. it's a, an element of sort of kicking down the ladder as well. Well, I know, but I know both sides of it and, and the frustration and you're d- trying to do your best and the job. And when you see some of the senior ministers, like, you know, not maybe doing the doing as good a job as you think that you could do as well. I mean, there is going to be that frustration. Listen, uh, Michal Martin is speaking at the minute. We do have a quick clip of him speaking at the Dáil today. Let's take a quick listen. A kian corle bovin lom a choranúil don tach, gor hug me fógre don uachtaran er madden, gor ev me egairias ifig an tíshach der er von racht neherden. This morning I visited the President and pursuant to the relevant provisions of von racht neherden, 
I have tendered my resignation from the office of Taoiseach. Today's sitting will quite, quite reasonably be very political in nature. The democratic mandate of this style remains, and we have much work left to do. Diverse views are represented here. All sides of the House will express themselves in strong terms in support of and opposition to the proposals which we will vote on. However, before we proceed, I would like to make a few comments. We unfortunately live in an increasingly polarised world. Everybody who participates in public life knows the impact of the ever faster rush to judge others and the rising sharpness with which comments are made. I believe that we must not let this become the dominant way in which our public discourse is conducted. And within this, we must make time to acknowledge the good faith, dedication and achievements of the many thousands in public service who work on behalf of the Irish people. It is both a privilege and a responsibility to serve as head of government in a free and democratic republic. I have been deeply conscious of this every day I have held the office of Antishuk. Yeah, interesting to hear from Michal Martin there and a proud day for him to, to look back on the two years as Taoiseach and we were speaking earlier on Sean Defoe of course a News Talks political correspondent is still with us Sean about you know, the couple of years that he's had and, and even though he's maybe stepping out on a high you think he's still going to stay involved in politics and keep pushing even to be re-elected in two years time for Leo Faradkar what's his moves now for the next for the rest of the day? For the rest of the day, there's going to be a proposer and a seconder now speeches after Michal Martin sits down. Michal Martin is still giving his, uh, his valedictory address, I suppose, to the Dáil. So they will put forward uh, Leo Varadkar for Taoiseach. We're not expecting anyone else will be nominated. Sinn Féin have confirmed that they are not going to put Mary Lou McDonald uh, to, to be Taoiseach because they say, look, there's going to be no change today really in the vote and there won't be proper change until there's change of this government. And after that, then you get the 10-minute slot for each party to address the Dáil, give their, their take on the day and take on the political situation. That's probably going to take us up until maybe around half twelve or a little bit later. And then there will be the vote to elect the over-anchor and he will become Taoiseach for a second time. He's go up to the park then to meet uh, Michael D. Higgins to, to get a seal of office and then comes back down to Leinster House to start forming his cabinet. And right. that is when you start getting a bit more of the speculation. What usually happens is they're all called up to the, the office of the Taoiseach. And so we, myself, another political journalist, will be hanging, you know, sort of hovering around the corridors trying to see who's going down certain ones that might indicate that they're in or they're out. And then once he's confirmed that all, they'll go into the door and that has to be voted on as well. Just during the speech, actually, that Miguel Mines been giving in the last while, he's confirmed the first uh, departure from the government. Now is the, the Attorney General Paul Gallagher, uh, Michael Martin, has confirmed to the Dáil he won't be conti- continuing on in his role and it will be a Fine Gael pick as to, to who the successor is. OK, uh, it is going to be a busy old day. Quickly, just, we had um, Louise O'Reilly from Sinn Féin and she, they, Mary Lou wasn't going to be proposed because they won an election. That can't happen, can it? An election today? Not today, no. but going forward. Not I mean, where, does, where do they sit with this going forward? For people who want to support Sinn Féin and are not happy with the changes that we're seeing at the moment and over the next two years. No, not really. There, look, there isn't really that opportunity to force an election from the opposition. It all depends on the stability of the government. Now, there is no 
direct question to say that this government will last the full term. Michael Martin said that he, he hopes it will last the full term, will last out to 20, late 2024, early 2025, depending on when that election will be. But remember, the government only has a formal majority of one. While there are a couple of voters supporting them from the opposition benches, the likes of Joe McHugh, Martin Sherry, etc., and it can usually get through any uh, motion of confidence fairly easily. Yeah. It, it's a thin majority. And issues like the CETA vote, the one of the Canada trade deal, that uh, several Green TDs are threatening maybe to walk over if, if the government goes in a particular position. Like, there's a lot of banana skins that could still trip this government up. And while one of its successes is, is that it's been remarkably stable given the characters that are in it, uh, that's not guaranteed to happen again over the next two years. So we could well see an election, I would say 18 months is probably the shelf life of the government left. Okay. So everyone will now really be maybe a long run into uh, to whatever the election is. And that's going to change the tone, I think, both from Neil Varadkar, Neil Martin, Mary Lou and others as we, we get towards that date. Whatever. What, no wonder you try and tell me that politics is as enjoyable as sport. Uh, listen, Sean Defoe, political correspondent with News Talk, thanks so much. Uh, all the very best today. It's going to be a long old day for you. Cheers for talking to us. Thanks, Tommy. Cheers. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.